Section 37 of the Junior Classics, Volume 9, Stories of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Rose and the Ring. 3. Tells who the fairy Blackstick was and who were ever so many grand personages besides. Between the kingdoms of Paphagonia and Crim Tartary, there lived a mysterious personage who was known in those countries as the fairy Blackstick from the ebony wand or crutch which she carried, on which she rode to the moon sometimes or upon other excursions of business or pleasure, and with which she performed her wonders. When she was young, and had been first taught the art of conjuring by the necromancer, her father, she was always practicing her skill, whizzing about from one kingdom to another upon her black stick, and conferring her fairy favors upon this prince or that she had scores of royal godchildren turned numberless wicked people into beasts birds millstones clocks pumps boot jacks umbrellas or other absurd shapes and in a word was one of the most active and officious of the whole college of fairies but after two or three thousand years of this sport I suppose Blackstick grew tired of it, or perhaps she thought, what good am I doing by sending this princess to sleep for a hundred years, by fixing a black pudding on to that booby nose, by causing diamonds and pearls to drop from one little girl's mouth, and vipers and toads from another. I begin to think I do as much harm as good by my performances i might as well shut my incantations up and allow things to take their natural course there were my two young goddaughters king savio's wife and duke padella's wife i gave them each a present which was to render them charming in the eyes of their husbands and secure the affection of those gentlemen as long as they lived what good did my rose and my ring do these two women none on earth from having all their whims indulged by their husbands they became capricious lazy ill-humoured absurdly vain and leered and languished and fancied themselves irresistibly beautiful when they were really quite old and hideous the ridiculous creatures they used actually to patronize me when i went to pay them a visit me the fairy blackstick who knows all the wisdom of the necromancers and who could have turned them into baboons and all their diamonds into strings of onions by a single wave of my rod so she locked up her books in her cupboard 
declined further magical performances and scarcely used her wand at all except as a cane to walk about with so when duke padella's lady had a little son the duke was at that time only one of the principal noblemen in crim tartary blackstick although invited to the christening would not so much as attend but merely sent her compliments and a silver pap-boat for the baby which was really not worth a couple of guineas about the same time the queen of paphagonia presented his majesty with a son and heir and guns were fired the capital illuminated and no end of feasts ordained to celebrate the young prince's birth it was thought the fairy who was asked to be his godmother would at least have presented him with an invisible jacket a flying horse a fortunate's purse or some other valuable token of her favor but instead black stick went up to the cradle of the child giglio when everybody was admiring him and complimenting his royal papa and mamma and said my poor child the best thing i can send you is a little misfortune and this was all she would utter to the disgust of giglio's parents who died very soon after when giglio's uncle took the throne as we read in chapter one in like manner when caval fiori king of crim tartary had a christening of his only child rosabella the fairy blackstick who had been invited was not more gracious than in prince giglio's case whilst everybody was expatiating over the beauty of the darling child and congratulating its parents the fairy blackstick looked very sadly at the baby and its mother and said my goodness woman for the fairy was very familiar and no more minded a queen than a washerwoman my good woman these people who are following you will be the first to turn against you and as for this little lady the best thing i can wish her is a little misfortune so she touched rosabella with her black wand looked severely at the courtiers motioned the queen an adieu with her hand and sailed slowly up into the air out of the window when she was gone the court people who had been awed and silent in her presence began to speak what an odious fairy she is they said a pretty fairy indeed why she went to the king of paphagonia's christening and pretended to do all sorts of things for the family and what has happened the prince her godson has been turned off his throne by his uncle would we allow our sweet princess to be deprived of her rights by any enemy never 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 and they all shouted in a chorus never 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 now i should like to know and how did these fine courtiers show their fidelity one of king 
Cavalfiori's vassals, the Duke Padella just mentioned, rebelled against the king, who went out to chastise his rebellious subject. Any one rebel against our beloved and august monarch, cried the courtiers. Any one resist him? Pooh! He is invincible, irresistible. He will bring home Padella a prisoner and tie him to a donkey's tail and drive him round the town, saying, This is the way the great cavalry treats rebels. The king went forth to vanquish Padella, and the poor queen, who was a very timid, anxious creature, grew so frightened and ill that I am sorry to say she died, leaving injunctions with her ladies to take care of the dear little Rosabella. Of course they said they would. Of course they vowed they would die rather than any harm should happen to the princess. At first the Crim Tartar court journal stated that the king was obtaining great victories over the audacious rebel then it was announced that the troops of the infamous padella were in flight then it was said that the royal army would soon come up with the enemy and then then the news came that king calafori was vanquished and slain by his majesty king padella the first at this news half the courtiers ran off to pay their duty to the conquering chief and the other half ran away laying hands on all the best articles in the palace and poor little rosabella was left there quite alone quite alone as she toddled from one room to another crying countess duchess only she said countess duchess not being able to speak plain bring me my mutton sop my royal highness hungry countess duchess and she went from the private apartments into the throne room and nobody was there and thence into the ballroom and nobody was there and thence into the pages room and nobody was there and she toddled down the great staircase into the hall and nobody was there and the door was open and she went into the court and into the garden and thence into the wilderness and thence into the forest where the wild beasts live and was never heard of any more a piece of her torn mantle and one of her shoes was found in the wood in the mouths of two lionesses cubs whom king padella and a royal hunting party shot for he was king now and reigned over crim tartary so the poor little princess is done for said he well what's done can't be helped gentlemen let's go to luncheon and one of the courtiers took up the shoe and put it in his pocket and there was an end of rosabella end of section 37